Hi, I'm Alex Freycon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. Dr. Steve said something kind of interesting in today's session. He's like, Alex, sometimes we sit down and we have actual therapy. And then other times we sit down and we sort of talk about the experience of therapy. And I think this episode is one of those latter instances. Um, so yeah, hey, hope you enjoy. I figured out what we're circling about. I figure out what we're circling, what Dr. Steve's circling around. You mean last week? Yeah. When we were talking about circling, circling. last week. Correct. I, I just discovered what it is. Steve Harvey outfit. You were circling around. No. Yeah? No. I'm circling around my eardrum. <laughs> you got to stop. When are you uh, going to stop, Dr. Steve? I don't know. <laughs> Not so easy, huh? Your ivory tower. Welcome down with the, <laughs> with the, the rest of us circling. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were just talking about uh, I get really itchy ears. And so does Dr. Steve. The headphones are causing him to get itchy ears. Um, just one ear. Just one ear, which is interesting. I get them at both. But it's I've had it forever. And I've been told... It's ear. It has to do with earwax, like uh, your body producing it. But do you do get your ears like cleaned out, like professionally? No. You should try that. Great. You'd be surprised. I well, at least for me, they tell you not to put anything in your ears, but yeah. some somebody else gets to put something in my ears. They wash it out with warm water. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. I mean, for, I have to do it probably once or twice a year. Like because, a neti, neti pot for your yep, ear. Yep, because I'll know it'll. It's I can tell I'm starting to lose. Um, like it's getting clogged up. Mm. Yeah, but enough about our ears. Um, welcome to today. Yeah, welcome to today. So I think I think there's something interesting. I think the I think last session we talked a lot about your dad, mm-hmm. and the, the two before that, they seemed like we were circling more Mm -hmm. and we were in my mind anyway, wondering how long are we going to keep meeting? Yeah. Yep. Um, And so it's an interesting thing to think about the last three meetings that we've had where you've had last week, which I thought was me more kind of pushing you Mm -hmm. to go have a catch with your dad, all the field of dreams. Yep. And the other two just kind of saying, maybe you're plateauing, you know, maybe you plateau, maybe there's nothing going on and that's okay. And you can be this way. And I think in that time you talked about George saying you're circling up, ramping up for something. Yeah. That is an interesting, so. So like this ebbs and flows of, of, of long-term therapy. Well, uh, what's fascinating for (laughs) me is I feel like I'm getting closer to something that actually matters. In a weird yeah. way, like uh, I've been spending probably the last five years of my life really focused on, well, all sorts of things, I guess. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. But I have this weird feeling that like it's been working up towards this, mm. sort of having these meaningful conversations. I think a lot of my anxiety and my um, dare I say hurt and you know a lot of sort of this like my fault you know voice mm. that's why I'm doing my EMDR it all comes it, you know it all starts from somewhere and mm. I think having a conversation and talking about it is going to lead to some significant healing just the yeah. EMDR in of itself 
is helpful in terms of, again, going back and seeing these moments with an adult brain. It's like, whoa, oh, okay. It just makes them less, I don't know, it's uh, less, the voices are less like dominant in the brain. Yeah, less powerful. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like I'm getting to the sort of the heart of it as opposed to there's so many things in life I can focus on. Mm. You know, when you go to therapy, I, at the beginning of this series we kicked off, I was like, you can talk to him about anything. And it's true. And there's probably a, you know, to a certain point, that's a good thing. But there's a point where <laughs> it's not a great thing. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time talking about like, okay, my day-to-day life, my career. You know, there's lots of things to discover, talk about. I think working on my drinking was super helpful. That's probably my biggest accomplishment in the last like five years was getting that under control. Yeah. Um, and now I'm focused on having conversations about my childhood with my caregivers as I prepare to have my own family and stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's good stuff. Yeah. Yep. And I hope, uh, Haley and I have started talking about more and more how we like what kind of parents we want to be like because um, in our own way we both sort of struggle with feelings and emotions and stuff like that mm. and we're both pretty resolved to like over communicate I think or be really communicative in terms of like mm. hey here's what mom and dad are feeling right now and you know that's not to say you caused this we're feeling this so I don't know just been told that kids are super observant and when they see emotional energy, they like latch onto it or mimic it. Would you agree? Uh, I mean, it depends on how they're raised, you know, their emotional intelligence, how much freedom they have to be emotional and, you know, for some, for some parents, there's some emotions that are not acceptable, not good. And, you know, how do you try to train your kid to be, more in touch with how they're thinking and feeling. I'm going to be so out of my element there. I'm going to be like so so anxious about getting it right. Like my mastery brain is, I'm going to have to really keep that in check. Yeah, you won't get it right. Yeah, that's what I want to be like, dude, not going to get it right. There's no right to get. Just a question of being present, consistent, supportive. Right, and then and then you'll have that. I mean, you can have that as a goal. That's great. Those things are all are really wonderful. Um, and you'll have moments of humanity where you're going to remind yourself of your dad. You're going to mm-hmm. get frustrated. You're going to yell at your kid. You're going to swear at your kid. You're going to, you know, and you're not always going to be able to be the best on-target parent that you yeah. want to be. That'll be tough. I'm not going to like that. And then I think if you're lucky... I think if you're lucky, then your kids can tell you that. And mm-hmm. if you're open to that, if you're humble enough to get feedback from your kids, from your partner, then you can shift on the fly and you can be a little different. So this is going to sound super weird, but I think it's worth bringing up. What you're describing right now reminds me of, so I have an intern this summer at uh-huh. my work. And we do this thing where we create little goofy video skits every Monday. Yeah. Um, just poking fun at sort of the work that we do, and it's meant to be trivial. And um, I had given her an assignment. I was like, hey, come up with a video about like 
what it's like to brainstorm. You know, which brainstorming is coming up with yep. creative ideas. So she came, she created this video where she had a conversation with me, but she played herself and me. Uh-huh. And it was for an assignment I had given her. And she characterized me in such a way where I came across as really sort of like casual, like, hey, can you come up with like 10 proposals and I'm not going to give you any information, just help <laughs> me out, just get it done. Okay, thanks. And I remember seeing it and I was like... That's what you think about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I talked to Haley, I was like, this is so weird. I'm like real, like I'm shook. I'm triggered by this because I feel so bad that that was her experience that she's saying, oh, I can't believe, you know, my boss acted this way and put me in this situation. I just went down that rabbit hole really quickly. And I sort of was like, okay, I think I'm a being a little sort of hypersensitive, irrational, like let's calm down a little bit. But then I had a conversation with the intern. I was like, hey, I just wanted to check in and like make sure this like this assignment that I had you do didn't make you feel overwhelmed or anything like that. And she was like, no, no, no. I just was trying to think of something funny. I didn't want it to come across as too negative and blah, blah, blah. But it reminded me of that process. Like, I cannot imagine a child be like, you know, doing that to you as, you know, like, oh, you think you're so, you know, p p calling out all your flaws and insecurities in terms of your parenting. Like, getting called out on that would be so tough, I feel like. Think about the power imbalance. I mean... You are you you are God to that to that child. Mm -hmm. You control food. You control <laughs> yeah. shelter. You control yeah, 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 yeah. where you sleep, where you don't. Sleep, you know you control. I can pick you up yep. and put you in timeout. Okay, let me. I guess like a twelve-year-old or a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, but it was an interesting moment. I I was like, this is so weird because. I'm associating weird things. I think it's just knowing that I was in a position of like sort of being responsible in terms of, okay, I'm responsible for your progression, you know, your development. And uh, the feedback I'm getting is that I'm doing a bad job. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that was tough for me. To hear. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But um, you did a cool thing by going to her and saying, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and. I did, and I was also... So in that moment, did she feel like she had to take care of you? Like, oh, I pissed him off because no. I told him how it was really like, and... She, it was very, you know, she, to her credit, she's thoroughly Minnesotan, and she did <laughs> not give me any sort of glimpse as to what was really going on, but she she was like, no. You know, I just... She talked about the skit in terms of what she was trying to make, like, funny. And, yeah. Because um, I keep telling her, I'm like, hey, if you're ever in a position where you feel overwhelmed or you need more... This is, I mean, it's such a small business where like, you're just going to, you're going to have to raise your hand. It's important you raise your hand and say, hey, yeah, which yeah. is a lot to put on. <clears throat> it is. Uh, and I'm maybe starting to appreciate that. It's a, it's a lot to put on. And and even in the moment when you're doing it and you're trying to be collaborative, uh, you can, you can say, okay, good. I had that talk, you know, like mm -hmm. she knows she's got a green light. Emily can ask a green light to come and talk to me yep. if she's ever concerned about something. And still, the power difference is there. Yep. And you sign a paycheck or you yep. write a letter of recommendation. There's something that at the end, she's like, if I really speak my mind, yeah, exactly. am I going to be able to get this payoff? Is this going to... Which, you know, is so fascinating. That is how I feel about 
you and other therapists sometimes. Mm. So if I really speak my mind, are they going to still provide, you know, are they going to use it against me? We've talked about this. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Well, that's, but there, that, I mean, there's certainly a power differential in mm-hmm. a, in a therapeutic relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel bad because I'm so just practically speaking, stretched thin in terms of stuff I have to pay. Yeah. The, I have limited windows where I can, you know, prep and provide what she probably needs. Yeah. And uh, it sucks because I'm like, oh, I'm not really giving you a ton, but hopefully I can create an environment where if you don't have what you need, you can you can come ask for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a lot to ask someone. But she has said she's having a great time, so. That's but it, cool. was, it was an interesting <clears throat> instance. And I, I just remember thinking, Oh my God, if my kid did this to me, I would be so devastated. I just would be like, oh no. My greatest fear would be a kid being like, hey, you're a bad dad. Yeah, well, that's going to happen. <laughs> I'd think of me as a kid. I hate you. You know, I'm sure the first time a parent hears their kid say, I hate you, is like a big deal. Uh, sometimes not. Okay. But it's going to come. Yeah. And it depends on how it comes. Yeah, like I was told once that my daughter hopes I burn in hell, and I don't know what mom sees in you. And that so my that was a text message. Okay, because my my thing was like the old adage: it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Which is like if someone's, I would be more, I think, th- thrown by like someone where I could he- sense their just anger and hatred, and or then they could be like, you overcooked the broccoli. You know, and the way that they say it could affect me more than like if they said, I hate you, I hope you burn in hell. Maybe they said it kind of, oh, I hate you, I hope you burn in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's intense. Yeah. Yep. And how do you just say, that's it, no more food for you. <laughs> You're not getting fed for... Well, I'm, I'm a grudge holder, so I kept on showing her the text. I said, oh, I just got a text here, will you read it to me? She like I don't feel that way anymore. I'm like, yeah, but you said it. That's what and you sucks must about mean it. That's what sucks about a text. It's there it forever. forever. Yeah. Although in this instance, you probably would have to scroll, scroll but unless you screenshot. I screenshotted it. My God. <laughs> Gonna save this one for later. And it. Yeah. 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 That's a whole part of life that I have no experience with. I'm probably gonna grow. Yeah. Here I am thinking I'm so worldly and wise. There's a whole section of life that's just completely unknown to me. Yeah, well, you're, I mean, you're coming up on it because I know. you're yep. looking at marriage, you're looking at your homeownership coming down the pike. You're going to yep. have, probably have kids at some point. Yeah, we're talking about hopefully in the next year, year and a half to start popping them out. Yep, but I'm all for it. To me, that seems like the... Um, the last frontier for me in my life. Like I've done, I've done all the exploring I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I feel like the adventure in terms of exploring cultures and meeting new people and being in weird, cra- yeah, weird, crazy environments. Yeah, I've I've ticked that box. Um, yeah, becoming a dad, a boring dad, is the last great frontier. So, 
and <clears throat> and that that piece will be a lot easier if you've done the work with your dad. Yeah, I bet. God, just let me circle, <laughs> Steve. Doctor Steve is just. I appreciate it. I think it's good to, you know, who lets me off the hook too much is George. George lets me circle and circle and circle. And I think it's good to have a balance of a safe place to circle and then a place to be like, hey, let's let's think what's, uh, how can we make this a reality? Because I have both of those things. When I'm dealing with people, I'm like, let's put a plan of action into place here. And sometimes they'll be like, you know, <clears throat> do that with Haley all the time. She'll tell me, she'll be like, okay, let's, let's get a uh, pen to paper here. She'd be like, no, I'm not ready. I'm like, hey, come on, let's just... Uh. I mean, that's what the insurance companies are worried about with therapy, that people would just go... Forever. Interminably, you know, and just go forever and, and circle and circle. <clears throat> and they want, you know, that's why they say you, you get 10 sessions. You know? They do that? Oh, in some, ins- some wow. products, yeah, some insurance products. <clears throat> You've got X number of sessions, and you better hope that your... Health partners doesn't do that. I, got, I know that by now. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to just be like, you're off our plan. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> three, three, three times. Lifetime maximum. Yeah. That is what, um, yeah, man. Hmm. I guess I can see, I feel like the rare case that someone's milking the insurance system for, for their discounted therapy. I mean that I'm sure that type of person exists, but I feel like the vast majority don't want to be going all the time. And probably not. Sometimes I think they're probably skeptical that the insure, that the therapist is incentivized to stop treatment, you know, to end treatment. And one of the criticisms of, of therapy is like, oh, you, you came in for your depression, but now that we've got a handle on that, well, now we're going to look at your anxiety. Or now you've got your anxiety under, under wraps now, and now we're going to go look at this other thing, and that there's a never-ending slate of things for people to work on. Which, like... That's kind of fascinating too, because I mean, who's to say a person is ever, humans? There's are complicated, and there's so many things you can focus on and work on and improve. You get ten sessions. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> never really considered that. I mean, that was in the early, in the nineties, mid. 90s, yeah, it was the advent of managed care. You know, mm-hmm. we know how long it. We know how many sponges and how many scalpels you need to to take out an appendix, and so that's what you get covered. And then they tried to apply that to mental health, and it's just, it's so hard to do that with mental health because yeah. taking out an appendix is very different than yeah. overcoming childhood yep. trauma and fixing your marriage or but you know, at, at that digging same, out of depression. I still, it makes me appreciate more um, or understand more your approach of like, okay, you're not a 10 session guy, but you're like, let's think about what a definitive start and end looks like. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're much more cognizant of the timeline mm-hmm. compared to other therapists I've had, which, you know, specifically George. And I had this other guy, Joshua, when I was in college, and he was very much like open-ended in that re- regard too. I don't, I haven't really brought that up. That was my, I um, saw a therapist and when I was in college that I, I think he was kind of the first therapist where I was like, I made a lot of progress with. Mm-hmm. And I um, remember after college, I went back to um, probably a year or two later and I reached out and I was like, hey, do you want to meet up? And he's like, sure. And um, 
that was the last time I ever talked to him. I left him a voicemail probably like eight years ago. And I, he never called back. And I remember being kind of hurt about that, but then I read later on that that's sort of, you know, that's a, a lot of therapists do that. They just sort of ignore, not ignore you, but I don't know. It's like, it's better to just let that go. Let it end, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, there's the, I think there's the fear that when a client reaches out to you and it's not related specifically to therapy, that yeah. like, are they they trying to be friends now? Because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, not going to mm-hmm. work for yep. me. You know, like that kind of a thing. Yep, yep. And so, and maybe they get uncomfortable with it instead of saying, I, I, can't, I can't keep going to coffee with you. you know, yeah, I well, we just did it once, but I hear you. Yeah, it's just, uh, I haven't really revisited a lot of, not that I need to, but. Because in some ways, therapy is kind of, kind of odd that way. Mm-hmm. Like you get to know somebody and you become close to them. Yeah. And, and then you would go to coffee with that person. Yeah. You know, this except now I've got this boundary. and Which I think that's a great segue to, I've been thinking about, and I talked to Haley about this when we move. I don't know what the deal with this is going to be. You know? This yeah. podcast. Yeah, tell me about it. I don't know. I was just thinking like, well, now I, I, I'm aware of my hovering and this uh, circling. circling. Yeah. So I got that to work through. But I was like, is there a world where, I mean, at the very least, I'll have to take a break as I move and, and figure out how to set all this stuff back up. Yeah. Um, but I, part of me wonders if I'll just slow fade, you know, just stop. And I was talking to Haley, and I remember Haley said, Dr. Steve will be so sad. That's what she said. I was like, nah, he's fine. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be interesting or fascinating to go from not knowing you, c- calling you once, doing this, uh-huh. poof. Right. You know, free willy. See you. Bye. So I'm curious. It's curious to me that you're connecting this to moving to a different house. I think that's just, yeah. Like you're connecting Easy. it to that transition. As if it's out of my hands. Because I would imagine that in your house, you would have a room similar with four walls. I got to figure out how to set it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. We got a couple of rooms. And Haley asked, she's like, are you going to set up? A, she wants to know what I'm going to do with these chairs. Yeah. She's like, are you going to put this in your office? And I was like, well, if I do the podcast, yeah, I'm going to need the chairs in my office. She's like, well, then we're not going to have anything in the basement. And I was like, yeah, yeah, these are the tough decisions that have to happen. <laughs> Yeah, but also too like I, I just think the bigger question is: is the podcast about Alex's therapy, or is the podcast about the podcast? Yeah, and to me, it's like a both and kind of a response, right? Yeah, there have been, you know, like you started saying, I want this to be therapy, not to be about therapy, and we go in and out of that. I yeah, think. yeah. The last session, I think, was less about therapy and more yep. about me push putting your feet to the fire and. Mm-hmm. and yeah. And right now we're talking more about therapy. Yes. And the, what goes on in therapy. Well, also to my therapeutic experience, you know, yes. our, our future. But, so it's like, in my mind, for the podcast to be real and and imitate or to approximate therapy, it, it, will, probably, it will probably go dormant for a while. Yes. That's what Haley said. Dormant? She was like, or you treat Dr. Harris like a doormat. What did she 
She said dormant. Dormant. Okay. Gosh, your your play on words are just so odd sometimes. <laughs> just so just that's, out of nowhere. That's what's going that's on. That's what's going on. <laughs> that's the circling. It's just stupid and crazy. Yeah. Well, okay. So she was so, like, move, you know, and maybe it's you call them up in a month and say, hey. That's how I do therapy. Mm-hmm. That's how I think about yeah. these therapeutic relationships. Like, you don't need to come in for six months. Yep. Don't come in. Yep. And then, but if you're trying to have a quote unquote successful I podcast, I you better be releasing content. Uh, every week. You better be, I know. you know, jacking up the content there. So it's like, oh my gosh, I got to tune in and see what thing Alex is talking about this week. That's what's tough about, so how I've approached this is just as you described, which is sort of half and half, which is I wanted this to, I want this to be as authentic Therapy. as possible to the therapeutic process so people can listen and observe and get that much more exposure to what therapy is like if yeah. they have none and they're in a they're in a position where it's it they feel uncomfortable sort of making the first yeah they want they're curious whatever however you want to describe it. yeah there's also a part of me alex that is you know sort of ambitious and you know ambidextrous rex ambidextrous rex ambidextrous rex <laughs> and you know also an entrepreneur and I'm like, I want to create a successful podcast. You know, everything I do, I want it to, if I care about it, I want to do it well. And that's been tough for me to manage because, yeah, I'm like, I look at numbers and I think like, oh, how can I market this? And, but which is totally the antithesis of therapy. (laughs) You can't consider any of those things when you're in therapy. Like I remember thinking, oh, I should in the middle of my um, session with George, like get a little video for the Instagram story you know which like what you know those are i gotta stop myself worlds are colliding yeah yeah and so you know this podcast has had a very loyal following and it's been steadily growing but it's not like you know about the irish people (laughs) i am (laughs) a huge fan of our irish contingency and our listeners from (laughs) ireland they're number three currently. It goes the United. No, they're number four. It goes United States, Canada, Finland, Ireland. And I messaged <laughs> Finland Hank. Is, is Hank. Yeah. Well, I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, man, here are all the cities of people listening. Which one's you? Because it doesn't list um, Olu. Olu. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other places. One of which is Central Finland. I'm like, okay, wait, wait. We went. <laughs> it's weird. Uvascula. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, but it's like well. Is it, you know, we gave, you know, what did they say? It takes three seasons for a show to take off. Okay, you know, when do I pack it in? So I have all these sort of thoughts. It's just confusing because there's work. The work that we do together is beneficial. I take, it, it has I think meaning. I provide something in our conversations that is different than what George Correct. provides and different from what yes. EMDR. Michelle, yep. Yeah, that's what the M stands for. Yeah. I'm shaking my head, everyone. I do this very just, I close my eyes and I shake my head like. But um, you, could think, you could think about, like, I mean, you could think about the my therapist and I being like, here's this here's this movie that you might watch. Yep, <laughs> you know, like. Exactly. Like, you would suggest to that. Yep. Yeah, and it you, just sits and it's it just, however long it is and it just sits there forever. Yeah. People can stumble upon it whenever. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
it's just uh, it's something I have been thinking about. Maybe there's a reboot, you know? Totally. Like, hey, I'm coming back. Hey, I did have that conversation with my dad. I finally landed the plane, and yep. and you were an idiot for suggesting because it, <laughs> it went horribly, horribly wrong. I'm, yeah, I haven't spoken to my dad in three months. He cut me out of the will. The it's, thing I'm happy about with the podcast is that there have been people who have said. I'm listening and it's changing. It's yes. it's shifting how I think about things. You said something or Alex is a lot like me or I had a buddy who texted me after the most not last week's episode but the episode before that where we were talking about sort of me reevaluating my friendships and how I like mm-hmm. like value friends mm-hmm. and he told me how it reminded him of a friendship he had that was sort of one-sided and um sort of exhausting and he didn't know what to do and you know so getting stuff like that is is cool and i'm grateful for that sort of response i just wish it was like ten thousand people doing that you know why um because then i could turn it into something that would (coughs) you know i could be really proud of something joe rogan would listen to oh my god no not not in the... Doesn't he have like one of the biggest podcasts? He does. He does. Uh-huh. But on a personal note, we're not of the same mind length, wavelength anyway. Yeah. It would be cool to have a podcast where a lot of people were like, hey, can you guys talk about this? Or I don't know. Well, the thing is, is you you connected with somebody who's not... Brene Brown, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm not, yep. I'm not the most well-known. My biggest mistake. There, yeah, one of them. One Although of the George was so ecstatic when he found out that you agreed to do mm. it. George is a huge Dr. Steve fan. Yeah. And I've had other professionals who have said, why are you doing that? That's crazy. Actually? Mm-hmm. Said it in the sense of like. Like you are, you're you are in. risking your <sighs> professional yeah, 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 yeah. I don't feel that way. Good. It doesn't feel that way to me. Yeah, I think if anything, it would strengthen. Well, for me, anything it it um it kind of puts my money where my mouth is, as far as you know, saying that mental health is important and let's get the message out. This is another venue to get the message out. Totally. My, te- my teaching is one. My research, mm-hmm. my publications are another. But those are so limited. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to read my my writing. I'm not going to read your writing. Yeah, I don't even want to read my writing. Yeah. So uh, it's fascinating to hear that because, I mean, no one said that to me like, ooh, that's, you know, you might not be able to get a job or someone hears your episode about your struggles with, you know, talking to your parents or drinking and blah, blah, blah. It's going to, you know. But I was always thinking about that and to think that. Someone said, who who was it? Quee Autumn on the podcast? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't so remember. Just, Actually, leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. I would love it if your students were like, hey, if a student came up to you after class and was like, hey, Dr. Steve, I listen to your podcast. Like, that would make me happy to hear that. Yeah, I've had that happen. Oh, okay, cool. I've had people say, you have, do you have a podcast? I heard your mm-hmm. voice come through and... What do you do? You play coy? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I said, yeah, I have, I have one. Must be a different Doctor Steve. But I think that, like, I mean, you're not, you're not coming to the podcast. You come, you come with, I think, rather quote unquote normal 
concerns. Yeah. It's not like you're a serial killer who's yeah. struggling with that battle, and I just got to go out and yeah, kill yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, it's not salacious. It's you are representing to me more regular. And that was intentional. Yeah. I think the flip side of that is it's not maybe it's not, as interesting. It's not as, as interesting. As it's like, oh, yeah. What, what what gives him the right to do a podcast? I have depression. I have anxiety too. Yes. It's like, okay, yeah. well, that's part of it. That yeah. is the Alex point. is not the only person. Yep. Yep. And I think what I always wanted to communicate too was I know that I'm a normal person or have normal concerns, but sometimes it that doesn't mean it always feels normal. Yeah. And I wanted... I want other people to know what that experience is like and to know that, you know, that that is okay to be like everything on the surface looks great, but it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. And that feeling can be really debilitating. Like it can keep you from eating. It can keep you from being able to work. Even it's, though it gets you drinking, it gets you drinking drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Even though and other people might say, well, that's not a big enough reason for you to not be eating or not be able to sleep. Like, no, I mean, things, Stressed me out to the point where, yeah, I just had it, uh, I forgot to mention it to you, but I had it last, like a week or two ago, and I just was sitting on my couch, and I couldn't even, I had to get up and start walking around. I just was so anxious and so uncomfortable. I mean, Haley, Not quite a panic attack. No, but, but it was probably like a, a six trending, out of ten. Yeah, it was the same feeling of like, ooh, this isn't even rational worry. Mm. This is just, uh, I don't know what this anxiety is. And we had to go out for a walk. She, I, she didn't really know, but I think I was like, hey, can we go for a walk? She was like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And who knows where it came from? I think it was the stress of having to rent this, you know, being on the hook for two. Two places. That scares the shit out of me, and I worry that this is my fault, and I mess this up, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I think that was sort of eating at me, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. Another thing I wanted to tell you, I don't know if you asked me this. But someone had asked me if I still have panic attacks or when the last time I did was. And I was like, oh, I haven't had one in 10, 15 years. But what I've realized is that's not true. I still get panic attacks. I just get them in my sleep. And it is the strangest thing. But I've, I've, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is a, a panic attack. This is my interpretation of it. Basically, what happens is I wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm completely convinced that I have either just died or I'm about to die. And it's not a conscious thought. It's because I've just woken up. My brain hasn't rebooted yet. But my heart's racing and I'm gasping. And I usually, before I even realize what's happening, I'll get out of bed and I'll go somewhere and do something. So, for example, when I lived alone and I had them, I would wake up, get out of my bed. One, One time I had it, I came to and I had gotten out of bed sprinted down the hall, unlatched my door, and walked out into the hallway. And that's when I came to and realized what I had done. Mm. But for the most part now, what happens is I'll wake up, I'll get out of bed, and I'll just crawl down by the air vent. Mm-hmm. And it, they last about like 15 seconds, and then I'm like, wait, nope, okay, I know what's happening here. My heart starts to come down. One time I woke I I'm really worried that it'll wake up Haley and she'll panic because she'll see me like, <gasps> you know? Uh-huh. And one time I went up and I shook her and she said, what? And that's when I realized what I had done. And I was like, I didn't say anything. And I just like, because I was like, oh, oh. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about that. So I definitely. Do you I still, track your sleep at all? Do you have a, a fitness watch that tracks sleep? 
Um, no, no, I don't because I don't have any devices and we don't keep any devices in the room we sleep in. It's just like a hard rule. Is a watch a device? I mean, that's not like an Apple watch. You can't get like texts and stuff on that. I can, but I can set it to not. Yeah, I would want something where if it was if it only tracked my sleep. Yeah. yeah. It tracks your But I get those heart, probably heart once like, at, like once every 6 months. It's it's pretty uh-huh. rare. Uh-huh. But I just had one um when I got sick. I think I had back-to-back nights I had them. It's the um but yeah, I just want to be very disconcerting when you wake up. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. Cuz you you don't go back to sleep like you're you know, it just it's full throttle, just pure adrenaline, and it sucks to think you're dead or you're dying. Like that's I, I, not to sound colloquial, but that is just like it's become decent enough commonplace for me where I talk about it pretty colloquially. But like, it just sucks. There's no other fear like it, mm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. and um, it can feel so real. Um, but thank, thankfully I'm able to, once my brain sort of reboots, I'm like, okay, we're not dead. We're not dying. We're having one of these things again. And then it's, um, but I'm, I'm just so jacked up. I don't usually get back to sleep or I sleep really poorly. Mm. Um, so yeah, I still do experience panic just it manifests at night for some odd reason. And, uh, who knows what the, you know, I wonder if there's a sleep expert out there somewhere listening who who could give you a different perspective on that. Maybe I did take a sleep <coughs> apnea test. Uh, did you pass? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I'm sure they're going to tell me that I have sleep apnea and they're going to say, oh, you need to make this, tell your insurance so we can sell you this $800 device. I get those vibes from that world. I'm going to be honest. I get a little bit of a, oh, everybody has sleep apnea? Huh. Funny how that works. I, re- Yeah. Okay. I refuse to go in. Yeah, because I believe the same thing. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll walk out with a C- yeah. CPAP machine. I walked in and the doctor came in. And he told me why sleep was important. And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, No, sh- are you a do- like <laughs> you studied four years for you to tell me this? He's like, Yeah, I think it's really important we get the sleep test because, uh, yeah, you answered this question that you sometimes have trouble sleeping. Yeah, we really ought to do this. And I was just like, This doesn't feel right. Like <laughs> something was just super sleazy about this. Um, but yeah, it is, it is definitely, and it's, it, you know, it scares me sometimes. Sometimes I wake up and, um, like my arm is tingling and I remember I called a provider and I was like, yeah, I wake up, my heart is, heart is racing and my arm is tingling. She was like, what? Get in right now. The, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I've talked to my doctor about it and we're pretty sure it's fine, but she was so worried. Yeah. That's heart, heart attack stuff yeah. that she's thinking. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's only at night. But going back to why I brought this up, and again, why I did the podcast was because, you know, I talk about stuff, and from your perspective, it's like you're a normal guy dealing with normal things, Alex. And those normal things cause me to sometimes have what I think are panic attacks in my sleeping. It can trigger really intense stuff, and I want a lot of people to know that that's, you know, they're not the only ones. Yeah. That's why I do this podcast. And that's why I sometimes get angry and feel anger when, you know, I hear things like, oh, you're normal. This isn't a big deal at all. Because I'm like, 
okay, I wish you were there at three in the morning when I'm gasping for breath on the floor, thinking I'm about to die. Like, that's not, that doesn't feel so. It's not a normal I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but you specifically, our work together has made me appreciate the idea, I've said this before, of acceptance and like, I am in a good spot and a lot of the things I struggle with, a lot of people struggle with and that's, I like that. That makes, that's reassuring. Yeah. There's not a deficiency. It's a common human condition sort of thing. Yeah. And there will always be people out there to tell you to get over yourself and suck it up and you're a whiner or, you know, there are the Mm -hmm. doubters and haters. What are you feeling right now? Uh, I don't know. I just thinking about, I think the panic attack in my sleep thing. I don't really talk about that that much. Yeah. Um, I told Haley about it and she's like, what? She had no idea. She was like, I'm, that sounds really scary. I'm sorry. And I told her how I'm afraid for her to experience it. Mm-hmm. To, to watch you go through it? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, so it's kind of reminiscent of what I was like as a kid. I don't want anyone to, you know, I'm ashamed of my yeah. panic attacks. So I have to hide. But this I can't control, you know, because I, I do it. It's almost, it's like half sleepwalking, half panic attack. So like, for example, I sometimes yell things. Yeah. You know, and so there's going to be a chance where it wakes her up and it's going to scare the shit out of her. Yeah. And I'm, I worry about that. I keep, I keep having this thought that I know you're using language that describes it in the way that you can. I just don't know if you, if people have panic attacks when they're sleeping. Sure. Sure. I don't know that. Yep. I've looked into it. My good old mastery brain got on the Googles. And? They said it was a thing. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, there you go. Yep. Uh, yep. But it, they call it also night terrors. They call it, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. There's no. I know kiddos get night terrors a lot. Yep. Especially when they're. I mean, it basically is like a nightmare, except I don't remember. I, it's not triggered by a bad dream. I just wake well, one up. One that you access. Yeah. Or one that I just wake up, my heart is racing, and my immediate thought is, I'm about to die. That's why you're so skeptical of the sleep people, right? Because, like, was it a dream? It was a, most definitely a dream. You just can't remember. Well, yeah. then how do you know? Is it, you know, like, yep. it's, it's so yep. nebulous. It is. And that's what's... Uh, Vicissitude. That's what's... I wish I could get it on command and someone could study it and tell me what it is. Fortunately, I don't have that luxury. Yeah. Uh, it typically only occurs when I'm really, really stressed. Out, yeah. so gives you some weight for the, the theory yeah. of it being a panic attack. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very uncomfortable. Don't like it. No bueno. Yeah, no bueno. So, so there's things to be thinking about with my therapist and I. Yeah. That are connected to moving. That are connected to my big takeaway a, there to ra- wrap that beautiful big happy bow on it, which I know you love to do on things is I like what you said, which is maybe it just takes a pause. Yeah. What I am 90% sure is going to happen is I'm going to move and I'm going to sit and think, and then I'm going to one day be like, you know what? I do want to talk to Dr. Steve about something Yeah. and I'll set everything up and I'll, you'll get a text and it'll say, Hey, the studio's good to go. Yeah. That's most likely what's going to happen. And then you get to see the new house. 
Yeah. But I also don't want that to, you know, at what point do does this have to stop? And who knows? Yeah. Good to think about. Good to think about. Lots to think about. And um, I think we've done a lot of thinking for today. Too much. <laughs> Always circling. But not to rehash what we talked about last week, but that's still on my mind. And I will come up with a a plan of attack there because I do think that would be worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's good. I just gave in and took the headphones off. Yeah, the headphones are giving Dr. Steve trouble. Um, they Apparently it has to do with them not being genuine leather. It's fake leather and he refuses <laughs> to... It's faux leather. Uh, yeah, which is just not up to his standard. All right, well, we're going to wrap up. Uh, hopefully next time we talk, I'm completely done with all of my work obligations. I have to shoot a bunch of stuff for the 3M Open tomorrow and then oh, cool. next week. So the next 14 days are going to be very hectic. But then after that, I'm playing with the time continuum here. Basically, by the time this episode comes out, I should be in the clear. And everything should be good. So that'll be nice. I look forward to it. Because as we all know, life is messy. It's good. It's bad. But you just got to be kind to yourself. Jeez. <laughs> that was your, be kind to yourself was your catch. That was, I know, your but you set it up yeah, like it's a big bow. Yep. So, right. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Take care.